Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Uh, This is a bit of a crazy time with everything going on uh, with COVID. We are uh, in uh, late March here uh, as I'm creating this podcast. And of course, uh, it was an opportunistic time uh, to cover the drug hydroxychloroquine. So I'm certainly going to do that. Uh, First, I want to remind you, uh, definitely go leave us a rating review on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast today. Uh, also, go back, check our previous episodes, and you can also uh, sign up for a free uh, 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Great little study guide uh, for pharmacists, pharmacy students, med students, uh, folks who have to take pharmacology classes. Um, so go check out those resources at reallifepharmacology.com. So getting into the drug today, uh, hydroxychloroquine, brand name is Plaquenil. Uh, this is a drug that has been around for a long time. Uh, in my practice, uh, again, I focus primarily in geriatrics. I have definitely seen this medication used um, primarily for rheumatoid arthritis on a you know chronic long-term basis. It's the most common indication I've definitely seen this used for. Uh, it does have anti-malarial activity. I believe that's what it was originally uh, designed for, was for that. And then I think it was found subsequently to help out uh, in rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it also, um, probably the, the major... Uh, indication I've seen it used for other than RA on a chronic basis is lupus as well. So those are the the big two uh, that I have seen uh, in my practice. Now, thinking about this medication and the mechanism of action, um, it it isn't completely understood how uh, this drug works, um, but we do know that it's got some Uh, immune system modulating effects and the way it uh, interferes with the antibody antigen uh, type reactions. So if you remember rheumatoid arthritis, this is um, basically a a disease state where um, antibodies can bind to the lining of the joints and Ultimately, the immune system attacks itself and attacks uh, that lining and causes uh, damage and inflammation and and pain. That's essentially what RA is. So hydroxychloroquine uh, can suppress or kind of reduce that effect by interfering with that. Uh, the exact mechanism and the details of that, I'm I'm not going to go into that or the proposed mechanism of how that works. Um, but this is also um, a potential risk with COVID infection is basically the uh, immune system uh, getting a little bit of an overreaction to the virus 
and attacking uh, lung tissues. At least that's been reported at this time. Again, information is changing so fast um, in in this COVID situation. So um, definitely, if you're a healthcare professional out there, you've got to do your work. You've got to do the research and look at these new articles that that are coming out day after day. So um, at this point, there was a small trial saying hydroxychloroquine um, was a little bit more beneficial. So um, definitely go uh, check that out. I did a recent blog post as well over on meded101.com. You can find the the link there as well. Um, So with that, again, kind of that immune system modulating effects, that's one of the, the theories um, postulated as to uh, why it may have uh, effects in helping blunt a severe case of uh, COVID infection and the complications that, that go along with it. Uh, let's slide into adverse effects because this is going to be important if anyone is considering prescribing uh, this medication in COVID or in rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or whatever else we're, we're using it for. Uh, so adverse effect profile, uh, the number one thing that I've seen on pharmacology exams throughout my pharmacy career is the risk for uh, retinopathy. And generally, this is a long-term, higher-dose chronic issue. Uh, the likelihood that this presents in a, in a short-term situation uh, is probably pretty low, Okay. Um, same thing with some of the blood disorders that can happen with hydroxychloroquine. Uh, we can cause uh, thrombocytopenia. Uh, as you can imagine, if we're Im- modulating the immune system or m- immune response potentially, um, we could have some alterations in-, in lowering white blood cell count and things of that nature as well. Again, probably more likely on a you know chronic long-term basis that this is going to be an issue. Uh, but keep in mind that uh, it is something to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, liver function tests, monitoring those. There have been uh, some issues, some reports of, of liver issues. Uh, rarely myopathy can happen as well. Uh, so some abnormal muscle pain and, and soreness. Uh, acutely in the, the short term, um, obviously any medication can cause some GI upset. I would say it's not crazy common with hydroxychloroquine, but um, something to keep in mind. Uh, QTC prolongation has been reported, and in that little study on on COVID I mentioned, it was used with azithromycin in a few people. Um, Azithromycin, probably not a huge factor in, in QTC prolongation, but there are case reports of that as well. So if you've got a patient at really high risk for QTC prolongation, uh, maybe they've they've got pre-existing issues. Maybe they've got electrolyte uh, abnormalities. Um, maybe they're on other drugs like amiodarone and quinolone antibiotics or antipsychotics. Citalopram uh, is another good example there. If if we've got some risk factors for QTC prolongation, uh, I would say that that is something to consider and, and give you pause and, and really look at the situation clinically. Um, and, and make sure that we're not putting a patient at risk uh, for that, at added risk for that by adding hydroxychloroquine. Now, in patients with, you know, maybe younger and, and not many risk factors, you know, it, it's 
probably not going to be a, a, an issue, or it's very unlikely that it would be an issue. Uh, also, acutely, um, pretty rare, but uh, there have been reports of uh, skin type reactions, so rashes, and things of that nature. So that's something certainly um, we can usually pick up on right away if we know that you know hydroxychloroquine was one of the only drugs recently started um, we can certainly tell that that's probably a, a likely culprit if the the timing correlates well there kinetics i do want to speak to this a little bit particularly in rheumatoid arthritis um, that onset of action onset of benefit takes weeks okay in ra we often use uh, acute short-term therapy like steroids or um, nsaids to manage an ra flare and the pain and inflammation associated with that hydroxychloroquine is not meant to do that it is classified as a dmard um, which essentially means that it's a disease modifying agent and it takes time to work so good patient education point there um, so patients don't get their hopes up like, yeah, this is going to, you know, cure me within a few days or something. Uh, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and then we'll get into it with uh, drug interactions. So if you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, such as NAPLEX, BCPS, ambulatory care, MTM certification, our geriatric certification, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. Uh, for other clinicians, we definitely have a lot of content. A recent book on drug interactions that is available as an audio book. Uh, I've got a link uh, on meded101.com slash store where you can find all our audio books and you can get your first one for free on Audible. So for instance, my drug interaction book recently, uh, it's a 10-hour-plus book uh, covering some of the most uh, common drugs encountered in primary care. And I discuss a lot about how I would, would manage, assess uh, different drug interactions. So a very uh, unique resource um, that uh, not, not too many exist out there on drug interactions. So again, go support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. See what we all have available there with our growing list of resources. So let's talk drug interactions. Uh, when I think of hydroxychloroquine, I don't think of a ton of drug interactions. So uh, it's not notorious like fluvoxamine or St. John's wort or carbamazepine uh, for drug interactions. First thing I would think about, I mentioned that QTC prolongation risk, looking at other drugs in their medication profile and saying, hey, you know, this is a patient that is on a bunch of meds that can prolong the QTC interval, um, like antipsychotics or citalopram or macrolides or amiodarone. Um, so it's important to, to take a peek at that as far as drug interactions go. Um, there is one uh, with uh, digoxin in some of the beta blockers where it could potentially increase concentrations of those drugs. So keeping an eye on cardiac status, you know, monitoring pulse, something like that, um, just to make sure that, that we're not getting um, too much of some of those drugs there. Uh, blood sugars, so probably not incredibly common, but um, if you've got a patient on insulin, sulfonylureas, um, where we're adding insulin, that risk for hypoglycemia 
um, could go up a little bit with addition of hydroxychloroquine, or at least there has been some reports of that. I wouldn't put it crazy high on my radar, but if you notice that hydroxychloroquine started and patients are experiencing more and more hypoglycemia, uh, that is certainly something to consider. Uh, remember that eye toxicity, um, kind of very unique adverse effect. Uh, there is also potential for tamoxifen to add on uh, to that effect. So again, with drug interactions, not a crazy, crazy list of, of drug interactions. Um, you know, it doesn't significantly impact the SIP uh, pathway or the SIP pathways. Um, so from a drug interaction perspective, hydroxychloroquine would probably be on the, the low to moderate end of causing uh, problems there. Uh, one last point on, on COVID that I, I wanted to make, especially reaching out uh, to any pharmacists, pharmacy students listening, uh, really stay up to date uh, on uh, guidelines, recommendations that are coming out there absolutely going to be changing uh, over time as we get more evidence. So um, make sure prescribing is appropriate. Um, clinicians may not be up to date. They may be inappropriately prescribing. Um, it definitely keep tabs on that. And, you know, the reason why it's so important is because shortages, supply issues, uh, we've already, I've already seen and, and heard of issues coming up with hydroxychloroquine supply. So we really need to um, preserve the drug if it is uh, going to be effective and we continue to get evidence showing that it may help. Um, we really need to preserve that drug for uh, this, you know, moderate to severe cases. We can't be giving it to patients that are going to um, recover easily uh, with, without any issues and they, you know, don't have many symptoms. So very, very important, I think, to, to pay attention to the literature uh, and help ensure that we're working with all our colleagues uh, to make sure that prescribing is appropriately, it is appropriate and we're getting this drug uh, to those uh, critical patients that um, may need it, again, if we're seeing that benefit uh, in the, the literature there. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, found it helpful, definitely leave us a rating, a uh, quick review uh, saying, saying you liked it, hopefully, um, on iTunes or, or wherever you're listening. It's greatly appreciated for those of you that do. Uh, go sign up, reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, that will, uh, you'll get emails for when we've got a new podcast episode available. Also, once subscribed, uh, you'll instantly get uh, that PDF, a uh, 31 page PDF on the top 200 drugs and really important clinical pearls uh, that go with each of those drugs. Really unique resource for any student that has to take uh, pharmacology. So I'm going to sign off for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. Take care of yourself and uh, do the best we can to uh, try to mitigate, limit uh, this uh, COVID infection. And um, hopefully we'll get through it. And a big thank you to all the healthcare workers out there on the uh, uh, front lines. Your, your job certainly uh, is not, not easy at this time. So take care. Thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.